my wife and I are standing out on the porch the other day, and uh-huh. you guys were outside doing whatever you guys do. Uh huh. I don't know how it came up, but but we got to talking about um wife swapping, uh-huh. <laughs> which we do about everybody we know all the time. Uh-huh. And I asked if how what her level of interest would be in a whiz wife swap situation. <laughs> and she said, No fucking way. And she I said said she's all about it. I said, What's wrong? Why not? I hear he's got a big dick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I heard her. And she's like, Well look, I I I'm I'm relatively convinced that he'd be a loud lover, and I can't fucking stand the sound of his voice. That's something not true. Something not a lot of. She said, I've heard his. I've heard his laugh. I've heard his motherfucker, and I don't know what would come out of his mouth mid-sex, and I don't think I could handle it. You've seen it for Denise and Marshall, right? Can we talk yeah. about this before? Yeah. She's like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Is that your game right there? Yeah, that's exactly. Hi. Just like to make Hi. eye contact and yeah. exchange pleasantries with the way. I thought that was a really funny response. She's all about it with you, Bullfrog. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Grease Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Welcome to your football fantasy. Very, very special episode tonight. We are not in studio today because I know one of the two fuckers here with me has the coronavirus <laughs> and I don't want it. So we are sitting outside. I think it's me. And yeah, of course it's fucking you. I think I've already had it though, so I think I'm better. You're disgusting. You got the antibodies. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm good. disgusting. Um, we're in my backyard here, hence the birds and the cars, and I'm sure you hear a drunken neighbor or two before this thing is done. And I'm gonna leave it all in because it's just real life, and this is how it goes. Um, anyway, I'm Dwee's Nuts. I'm your host. The Big Wiz is here with me, and we ha- another reason that today is special. The bullfrog is making a new an appearance. Here. How are we, sir? Oh, you know, life's Life's a blast, but I'm here to make the most of it. That was not convincing, Froggy. <laughs> I I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. I'm all in. That was fantastic. Well, we're we're happy to, happy enough to have you that I didn't play the introduction, um, wherein you pleasure your dogs orally. So you're welcome for that. This week in football. Okay. So this week in football, it, uh, not a lot is happening because not a lot of ha- is happening in the entire world right now at all, ever. Um, training camps are slowly kind of getting going, right? In st- sort of a state-by-state thing right now. What do governors want to allow gather-wise? The New Jersey governor came out and said, hey, let's get rolling. Mid-June, we expect pretty much um, all team members can be on the premises working out together at the same time. I'm assuming some other states are going to follow suit here pretty quickly. I don't really know details about places like Texas that are relatively open, what's happening there. But but teams are coming together and, and uh, starting to at least meet, if not work out. I feel like that's a good sign for the season to come. You guys want to make predictions about how the season might be affected schedule-wise because of COVID-19? Preseason games might be cut in half. 
or they won't allow people there. Mm-hmm. So I would have a hard time believing the NFL will not. They're gonna have fans there. The question is, is it like how many fans? I guess they're gonna allow. I guess that's a question I have. And if they don't allow them all, how are they gonna make decisions about that? That's a great question. I have no idea. I, oh, we're cutting down in half every four seats. It's a lottery, <laughs> right? Maybe your seat will get to get to come. Yeah, maybe preseason, no fans. Maybe that's that's a lot. I, I think at some point. I mean, that's, we're talking September now. Yeah, week one's not till September, like the ninth or tenth yeah. or twelfth or something late. They've got to open September. The, the world has to open up, but it can't stop turning. So we keep going. I think it'll be open up by then. Games will be I see. Think stadiums will be packed. Good, good chance we'll have some temperature checks as you come in. Good chance we're right in the midst of the second wave, right? About that time. So, I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? It's good to see that that the wheels are starting to turn because I don't want to see any of the season go away. I just love football that much. Um, All right. Player news here. Philadelphia apparently interested in Devonta Freeman. Should he turn down the offer? They gave him an offer. I don't know that he's turned it down yet officially. I heard he wasn't interested is what I heard. Well, he also wasn't interested in Seattle, and the minute he turned his back, they gave that job to somebody else. Um, Other news says Philadelphia, if they can't get Freeman, might be interested in Shady McCoy coming back. He's one of your favorites, Wiz. How do you feel about that? I I think you – I think I may be staying corrected. You're right. If he told Seattle he wasn't interested, I I naturally assume he's he's going – he wants to sign – I'm sure he wants the money. Can't imagine he doesn't want to play. Yeah, but is he going to be one of these guys that says, I deserve more than your offering, so I'm not going to bother? I think what I heard is that he wants to hold out until someone gets injured, maybe, so that they have to pay a little more of a premium price. Um, Interesting stance from a guy there. Who's not very good anymore. I thought he was fine last year. He was certainly not his old self, but I think he can be a productive back as a part of a team uh, of backs somewhere. (laughs) A team, yes. As a a change of pace back, yes. He just doesn't run the same that he used to, and that's when he was efficient. Is he worth a million and a half bucks, two million bucks to somebody? Absolutely. Speaking of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Carlos Hyde ends up signing there after Freeman uh, if hemmed and hawed about uh, the offer they gave him. Do we like Carlos Hyde here? First off, I'll say this. I was starting to come up a little bit on DJ Dallas just because it looked like Rashad Penny would be on the pup when he came back. Uh, and DJ Dallas was really the only other back of note there, but that's got to go out the window now, right? Yes, with Hyde there, they absolutely. Hyde's going to get number two, number two carries. He's going to get work. Is yep. DJ Dallas a receiver, receiving type? No, he's like a hard, hard. He's hard another Chris Carson. Kind of he runs like yes, he runs like every other fucking running back. They so really, put they there. don't, they don't have that receiving type back without uh, Penny. Penny or Carlos Hyde. And Carlos Hyde is not that, uh, as much as San Francisco that tried to use bad. Hyde that way He did get years a lot of catches ago. that one year in San Fran, didn't he? He's just not very good at it. But yeah, he's going to get on the field. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play. We'll see how how much. I want to see as training camp goes on here, these guys. Um, if Hart, Hyde's getting a lot of training camp time, even some preseason time, does Chris Carson's Draft stock fall, which is really high right now, I think. I don't know where it is off the top of my head, but interesting to watch. Joe Flacco got a job <laughs> before Cam Newton got a job. We'll talk about that soon. Don't worry. Flacco is a backup in uh, New York behind Sam Darnold on those Jets, although apparently he doesn't think he's going to be ready to go by season, by week one. Flacco doesn't? Yeah. I think he just was just allowed throwing just, yeah. just last week. That seems like a real good signing there, Gase. But he was, he was signed. Yes, Adam Gase is a shit fucking everything, so not surprising that he fucked that move up. 
I don't want to talk about Joe Flacco anymore. You know how I feel about him as a quarterback. How about these two quarterbacks? Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are going to get equal playing time in the preseason. So says the Chicago Bears. They're going to let that preseason decide who's the starter. Do you buy it? Do you think you know who the starter is already? And uh, other other point of note here, Matt Nagy just came out this week in an interview and said his biggest regret from last season was not letting any of his starters play in the preseason last year. <laughs> he wants them to play in every game this year to make up for it. They, especially with a young team, they should at least a young offense, they have to be prepared. Um, I'm not sure, but I think I do, but I think they want Nick Foles to be the quarterback, and I think they want Mitchell Trubisky to prove that he's a better one. Yeah, I think I think this is a, finally an opportunity for Trubisky to be pushed a little bit by a backup. Thank God. In, in, in his career, it's kind of just been a shit show quarterback behind him. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I can do whatever I want. I'm still going to get thrown out there and start. Like, now, all right, Mitch. Dan, don't forget, do at the end of the season, they said, Mitch just needs to be able to read defenses. Yeah. Dude. It ain't going to happen. I like to play my, my DFS, y'all, and fan doing DraftKings, you know, offering all these free Madden simulations and shit. The quarterback to fucking play is fucking Mitchell Trubisky on these Jesus Madden simulations. Christ. He runs for over 100 yards almost every He's he's, he's Josh Allen Chuck in these things. TDs to fucking Allen Robinson. It's insane. Stupid. Real fucking stupid. Foles needs to be the guy. Although I did say when they signed Foles, I don't care if Foles starts or not, but like you said, Bullfrog, just the fact that there's competition in here has got to make somebody start worthy. Should, hopefully. Um, this was some news that you brought to the table, Heel Bullfrog. The only reason we let you back in the show is because you told us this before we read it somewhere. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones are apparently negotiating. Now, I was very firm on this stance once A.J. Dillon was drafted right there in the second second round, or was it third round? It was their second pick. Second, second round. Uh, and uh, I said, hey, they're, they're just going to let Aaron Jones go next year. Maybe even Jamal Williams. Both guys up on contract, which is why they're trying to get the, get a cheap replacement now. So I was all about some A.J. Dillon and Dynasty stuff because I thought he'd get the starting role next year. Well, that and you guys both made a, a double-dip bet, which you're going to lose. Yeah. What was that bet? Oh, you guys both bet he wouldn't be there next year, and I said he would be. So nah. don't worry. You'll pay up dearly on that it's one. Just a, it was just, just a little quote from, from Jones's agents when he was questioned about it. He said, there have been conversations, and there will continue to be. Well, his conversations happen all the time. Right. I'm not concerned about it. And Jones made the comment that he his goal was to be a lifelong pack. Of course you right. say that. Gonna say you that. always fucking say that. Because you want that money. It's stupid. He's gone next year. All right, that's it for news. Like I said, not a lot happened. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. Do we take shots now? Yeah, we do, right? We take shots right fucking now. Okay. You want me to start with one of these bad boys? Give me your uh, running back first, and then we'll go to my wide receiver. All right. To your tight end, and we'll finish. If, if my tight end is close, we'll, we'll go to my tight end. It should be relatively obvious if you guys can think about the names here, but give me the two running backs that scored the most touchdowns inside of the five last season. Inside the five last season, most touchdowns. Give me Chris Carson. Nope. Ugh. Derrick Henry. Nope. Who'd you say the first one? Aaron Jones. Well, I guess I'll go with Christian. Nope. Two guys scored nine TDs from inside the five. Dalvin Cook. There's Sa- one. Saquon? Nope. Dalvin Cook was a beast from uh, inside the five. Zeke? And Zeke. How come? Dalvin Zeke. and Zeke. That was, that was stat number one? That's stat number one. All right. Name this wide receiver, folks. This wide receiver finished number three in targets on under 54. Still finished with less than 100 catches. Julio Jones. His quarterback finished number 25. 
Oh, jeez. Finished number 15 in yards at 11.50. Finished with approximately at number 14 because there was about six of these guys with seven TDs. Name this wide receiver. Uh, Devontae Adams. No. Was it? Aaron Rodgers did not finish number 25th quarterback. He was, was terrible. <laughs> Last season. Was Fucking it? take a shot. Dude, what did he finish? 19th? He finished 7, you idiot. Aaron Rodgers? Yes. He had his lowest yards in a long time. He finished 7th? Yes. No. Give me, take that second back. Keep Jesus, going. Jesus Christ. Give me some fucking, uh, give me Allen Robinson. There you go. Nice Thank job. You. Hey. hey. Allen, if you're listening, come on our show. All right. Anyway, that was weird. <laughs> that was Keep, was gonna <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Let's go. Another stat of the week, baby. I gotta, I gotta fucking look this up. I can't. All right, I'll go with mine. Believe wins right now. All right, Zach. Who's this guy? What is it? Uh... I don't know, dude. Yeah, I'll find it. Oh Christ! Okay, here we are. This tight end finished number one in targets per game at nine. This is tight end. Targets per game. Number four in yards at nine fifteen. First time in six seasons he averaged under seven yards per target with six point eight two. Zach Ertz. Yeah. Oh, Zach Ertz. I and he knew... still only finished with one more TD than his running mate, Dallas Godair. I knew that he finished second in total targets as a tight end. Only one or two behind Travis Kelsey on the season. No, he's number one in targets. Per game, but he missed oh, the last well, yeah, game yeah. of the season. Well, you know, yeah, you're right. All right Aaron Rodgers finished 10th. Okay, you split the difference between you guys. Do so you have any more stats of the week for yeah. me? Because I'm feeling good about this. So this Let's is, keep it. Yeah, you're going to get this one right. I just wanted to show you how obscure it was. Be, be obscure, brother. The Minnesota Vikings gave up one receiving touchdown to tight ends last year. Oh, fuck. Could you name that fucking tight end? Adam Shaheen. I'm real tempted to say Chris Herndon because that's fucking your, your boy, but he, it, he didn't play. He didn't play. Last year. I think he had one Shaheen? Catch four yards. Nope. I'm going to guess. Was it NFC North? Give us a, nope. give us I a. I believe the team was the Broncos. Well, not fan, not fan then. Not fan. I can't name that many. Was oh, was it was it your Michigan boy, but Jake Butt? Nope. Ah, oh. okay. Well, yeah, third string tight end. Nice. And it's not even Haya 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 Min. It's not. Yeah. It was like number fourth tight end, Troy Fumagalli. Oh, Fumagalli! <laughs> uh, I remember. One, one last question for you guys. Okay, yeah, keep them coming. Fuck this. Is name fun. how many wide receivers finished with over over ten touchdowns? Seven. Oh, I think like three. That's the answer. Three. 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 I mean, it seems... It, it was low. Cause... It's pretty low, yeah. I mean, you, you think about it, like, we talked about Alan Robinson finished with seven TDs. He was over 14. You know, there's six of those guys. Six of those guys with eight, six of those guys with nine. Only three got, and, you know, and one was Julio, one was uh, Thomas, and maybe Hopkins, maybe. Maybe. But still, it's not very many. It's not very many. You can't rely on them touchdowns. You gotta rely on the volume. Yeah, I was reading something today saying, you know, projecting stud receivers, you this should really never project hard. more than eight or nine. Yep. Like, there's obviously going to be some outlier years where somebody goes for twelve or fifteen, but to project that—that's a ceiling projection. Yeah. And that's just a mistake. I'm gonna take that that's note for my wide receiver projections when I get there. I just started my <sighs> running back projections. Finished my quarterback stuff. I'm really excited. Great stats of the week, guys. Fantastic stats of the week. Before. We move on and get into our show today. Uh, we do have a, a special interview. Earlier this week, I had a conversation with a kid. Uh, really great conversation. He's a, he's a young guy. He's all fucking gung-ho. He's doing some really cool shit. 
I'm not going to bore you with the entire conversation because ain't nobody got time for the entire conversation. But uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of snippet what he had to say because you need to hear it. This kid's name is Jimmy Wakefield. If you want to find him on Sleeper or Twitter, his uh, his handle is at about tree fitty T R E F I D D Y. Real funny handle, but sounds he, really good. He started a new uh, charity tournament, fantasy football tournament on Sleeper. Uh, he's he's got it. He's in the second year now. He's got it really going on. Uh, I'll let him tell you the rest. Take a listen to what Jimmy Wakefield has to say about this and get your ass into this thing. I see that Scott Fish gets over 6,000 requests to be in his tournament and getting that is like winning the lottery. So we're like, what if we started something that anybody can join and we do it for a good cause? So we did it. We created a triple S showdown. So it's a charity tournament. Cool thing about this is we have the full support of Sleeper. I have three out of the five creators of Sleeper. In a tournament league, that's the one I'm in. Beautiful part about our tournament is one, anyone could sign up, and it's not doesn't cost that much to sign up. If if you can only throw me a five dollar donation, fine, come join. So what I like about the way we set up the tournament is it's different for everybody. Whether you're a beginner or an expert, you probably haven't played in a tournament or a league like this. So everybody's on the same playing field. The charity we chose to do was My Stuff Bag. Kids who are placed in foster care orphanages with nothing. Kids that come from abusive homes who are neglected, who are just abandoned. This happens every day. These kids literally have nothing to call their own. So what My Stuff Bags does is they supply them with a little gift basket when they arrive with things they never had before. Blankets, clothes, toys. Uh, school supplies um, and they basically give them these everyday items me and you take for granted that are going to help them succeed help them survive help them not feel alone so the tournament just basically about building a community with the everyday fantasy player and helping these kids who don't really have anybody else to help them so we made it very simple this year with the website it's www.triple s the word triple S showdown.com. So it's T R I P L E S S H O W D O W N.com. Throw in your email. Everything you need is there. You can find the, uh, the rule book about the foundation. Everything you need is there. Once you sign up, I'll contact you and get you set up with the donation links and, and a league. All right. So look, that was Jimmy Wakefield again. Really great kid. Uh, get on Sleeper. Go to the website, triplesshowdown.com. Join this thing. You're going to lose. I'm going to win. But get a spot while spots are available. Uh, good cause. Good times. Make it happen. You boys ready for the uh, feature section of our show today? I was born ready. Were you born ready? Yeah. I feel like you got ready an hour ago. That's not true. I was ready last night. Except Froggy was stealing half my shit. Mm, Froggy. I didn't know if Froggy would be on this show. Yeah, that's fair. Our topic today, boys and girls, uh, is offenses that we like and offenses we don't like. Uh, every every offseason, we talk a little bit about some offenses and, and how you should approach team selections, teams when you're ranking players, because some offenses are just going to score a lot of points. Some offenses are just going to struggle. 
Uh, and you need to know what's going to happen with these offenses and take into consideration the team, the situation, the schedule, the price of the pl players, all these things uh, when you're ranking players. So we're going to each give you one offense that we love, that we desperately want to have a piece of, whatever that piece might be. And we're each going to give you an offense that we're avoiding like the goddamn plague, like this plague that we're all dealing with right now. Hence the mask that I keep adjusting on my face because it's uncomfortable and getting real wet because I spit a lot. Let me just take it off. But you look like, uh, not Splinter. Well, who's Splinter's nemesis? Oh, do I look like the Shredder? The Shredder. Oh, fuck yeah, I look like the Shredder. That's look awesome. so cool. The Shredder's badass, though. Yeah, too bad you're not. I am a total goddamn badass. Uh, we'll start with the teams that we like first. We'll each give you a, an offense that we love for whatever reason. We'll tell you why we like the offense, the players on the offense, why they're guys you should target wherever they're going in your draft. Um, let's let Bullfrog, the guest, kick us off. Welcome, welcome, sir. I'm going to go with the Atlanta shots? Falcons as a oh. team that I'll be targeting some players from uh, in these upcoming redrafts uh, for a couple reasons. Fifth in yards per game. Last season, again, not every statistic carries over from one season to the next, but uh, some of these are nice to look at and uh, should be able to carry over. 13th in points per game, uh, 23, which is, you know, mediocre. But if you look at their last three, when their offensive line started to get healthier, the starters began to return, they were averaging 27 points per game. So a four-point-per-game jump. If you look at some of the statistics for those guys, like Devontae Freeman, especially Julio Jones. <clears throat> Julio Jones went eight crazy those last few games when the offensive line was doing better and uh, Matt Ryan had some more time to throw. Can I pause you for a second there? I'm not sure that actually matters. I think your next stat's pretty interesting. I, 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 we just took a shot, Wiz and I did, because you're not you're not playing. Guests aren't allowed to take shots on the show. But uh, I think that bird dog, Black Cherry, talked about last episode. A lot less smooth today. You don't know why. I actually think the old camps, my, my whiskey shot, was it pretty smooth today? More smooth today than last time? Last, last time I think my I'd trade you bottles if it wasn't so covered in that goddamn disease. Yeah, Wiz, like you said, my next stat's a big one. It's uh, second in plays per game last season with 68.5. Offensive coordinators the same, head coaches the same. No reason that that's not going to be another top five offense in but, plays per game. But pause about that for a second. Is, is it, 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 we talk about opportunity all the time. We talk about, about the stat matter. We talk about what the Oregon Ducks did and Chip Kelly did and how he brought it to the New England Patriots and what they did with this. This is a pretty important stat because... It just proves that this the opportunity on the field, the opportunity to put up points, it matters. If they're number two, look for points to be scored. Wait, I, this is a really important stat. Wait, is Chip Kelly a part of the Patriots organization? I'm saying when he was with when he was with the Ducks, he brought the whole idea of just keep running as ah. many plays as possible to the Patriots. The Patriots are the same fucking thing. They it, put up huge points. It confused me is all I'm saying. In Go the, ahead. It, Cliff King easily to be confused. Shredder. Again, I mentioned right that their offensive line was banged up for a lot of the season. Football Guys has them ranked number 10 for coming into 2020 uh, with high-tier potential. Yeah, the Fantasy In Session boys, friends of the show, Atlanta Falcons fan, they were telling me like a lot of money was spent last season, last offseason, on that offensive line, and then they all got hurt. Yeah, they so. had a rookie tackle, I think, that they drafted early, and he was banged up for most of the season. <clears throat> Matt Ryan is historically performs much better as a second year under an offensive coordinator. Last year, you know, people had him ranked real high. Top five. Because Dirk was coming back. And uh, this year, I think, no, this is the second year for the OC there, I believe. Yeah, Dirk Cutter. Well, he had been there previously. 
So yeah, he's, he's his ADP is about 612. Again, I'm not sure if I would take him at 612, just depending on what the quarterbacks were doing, but I don't think it's a bad value there. His ceiling has got to be 5,035 touchdowns. That's, that's uh, I mean, last year he threw for 49. Yeah, something. those numbers sound crazy, but they're not that crazy no. for this guy who has done way more. Let's, right. He's done, done way he's more. He's never hit five. He's done that once. He's, no, folks. he's hit 49. Touchdown a couple wise, times. he's done more. He's had 38 touchdowns before, 35 touchdowns before. He's hit that a couple times. Again, every other year, you look at his stats, every other year kind of thing. Last year was a little down, so if he follows that pattern, this is another year where he's going to be a top QB. Number one in pass attempts per game in twenty in 2019. That bodes well for all pass catchers. Julio Jones. So looking at some ADP value, am I going to be going after some of these guys? Julio Jones is a 202, which uh, is, puts him at wide receiver five. Last year he finished wide receiver four. So, he's again, he's that. a guy that you got to look at taking right around there. I'm not saying I'm going to jump up and take him in the first round. I wouldn't do it. But if he's right around there, early in the second, mid-second, he's a guy I'm going for. I'm not going to avoid it. Same with Kelvin Ridley. His ADP is about 312 right now. Last year, he finished wide receiver 15. Or no, excuse me. That puts him at wide receiver 15. Last year, he finished as wide receiver 17. Based off average, he did miss three games. You want to talk about Kelvin Ridley at all? Because Kelvin Ridley is a hot commodity right now in the fantasy world. He's a real hot commodity. But again, 312. I'm not going to jump and take him any earlier. I think that's right about his value. See, that, that, that seems like a pretty far... We just talked about it with, with where in our stats of the week and what Allen Robinson did. Allen Robinson... I have a hard time believing Kelvin Ridley at 312. That's not value. Let me ask that's you... That's wide let, receiver 15. Let me ask you this one, Is though. Value? Is it, are we talking dynasty or redraft? Right redraft. Okay, so in dynasty, I'd, I would no problem taking him there. Redraft, maybe a little... I mean, he's never finished a season, right? So, like, there's some concerns, but... But when he plays, it's hard to right. question what, what he like, does. As your num- you're, at this this point, you're either flirting with your number one or number two wide receiver. As a two, I'll take Calvin Ridley. I'm not saying I would necessarily take him at wide receiver 15, but he's not a guy that I'm just going to cross off my list. Like, he's going to have some value if he can fall a couple spots, you yeah. know? Let's say you can pick him up a couple spots later. He's just one of those guys that I'll take. Like, I'll want to be a part of that offense. These two guys, huge value in my mind. And if they don't jump up before August, I'd be shocked. Todd Gurley at a 7.07. Love it. I mean, that's incredible. This guy could potentially finish as a top 10 running back easily. I think I gave... close to that last year. Yeah, close to it. I think, I think that's an accurate I mean, look at the, look at the competition he's got. He put up 10 TVs last year. I know his... his, 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 his ceiling's probably 12 TVs, probably. I mean, right? He's well, probably in that same ballpark. He's going to get 40 to 50 catches, you got to think. He's going to get 100... 190 to 200. I just think they're going to burn churn him. They're going to give him the ball and see how, how what he can take. Yeah, maybe he can. They're not going to hold him back. Him. Have, I mean, Dan Quinn has nothing to lose right. this year. They're, they got to win now. Their windows. Yeah. I gave him. I gave him. I gave him in my projections 219 carries, which is lower than his. Just under 300. Just under how many receptions? 219. Yeah. Yeah. Carries. I haven't. I haven't done the receptions okay. yet, but I imagine we'll probably be around 40 to 50 yeah. receptions. Well, fair enough. So, I mean, my point is, you're right under 300. Yeah. Yeah. 250. So really, it comes down to touchdowns. You know, that's the difference maker. Again, I like like it. It's a high-scoring offense. He's gonna have chances to score touchdowns. Hayden Hurst, ADP is eleven oh nine. That's tight end number eighteen. He he may not be as talented as as Austin Hooper. Yeah, but but is he not? He might be. I don't know that Austin Hooper is that right. Athletically, might be as talented as. And and what you really oh, think I think they're equal. Is, I mean, are you really 
Are you not, losing talent? No. Not much. It's just the offense. It's it's Julio Jones putting a, a blanket of safety so deep on the field. Yes. It's Calvin Ridley requiring coverage. It's the running backs out of the backfield well, requiring defenses to handle. So these tight ends, from they're going to be there. From what I've read, at least I'm, the, the reason why Calvin Ridley shoot up the, 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 the draft board is because of, of what um, Hooper, when Hooper leaves, what he opens up for Ridley. And Hurst is not going to replace like for like on that. I think her, I think Hurst might replace like for like. On not that. in opportunities, will. I think he might. Be close. I, I think it's going to be closer than people in, think. In tar- last season target target share targets for Hooper were a little bit crazy, yeah. but like his average over his three years there, easy. Fair enough. But my point though is, is if, if they're excessively high for for Hooper last year, they, yeah. they've got to go somewhere. And it, like you said, Julio is going to get the. Julio is going to get the targets regardless. Julio's number one, but he's going to get double covered all the time. Well, I'll tell you. Ridley really has a great chance of getting that. I'll tell you. I, in a minute, I'll tell you who I think actually benefits a little bit there. But we're not. Let, yeah, let me finish real later. quick here. So, to you guys' points, the volume's not going to be as much if the offensive line stays healthy. Because those weeks 1 through 13, when their O-line was shitty, Hooper's going to get more action because he's got no time to pass to Julio. You, you look at Julio and Ridley's targets in those weeks, 8 Nine, ten. Once their offensive line got healthier and Ridley goes out, obviously Julio jumps up to like twenty targets, seventeen targets, insanity. But you guys understand football. If you don't have time, you can't pass it downfield as much as you can when you, you know. So Hooper was getting those targets because that offensive line was trash. So yeah, Hurst is going to lose a little volume if the old line stays healthy. And then my last thing is just. When all their pieces are healthy, it's a very concentrated offense amongst those pieces. Your two receivers, your tight end, your running back. There's not going to be a second running back that vultures a whole lot. They're he trash. They're, Andre Ellison still? they're trash. He's still there, but your he's Your third-ride receiver is Russell Gage. He really only started, well, Mohamed Sanu was there in the early part of the season. He was getting a little bit of targets, but nothing crazy. Russell Gage came on end of the season. A lot of that was when Ridley was hurt. Or I think Hooper missed some games as well. Yeah. But when all the pieces are healthy, it's a very concentrated, high-volume offense. I'm on the one pieces of it. Look, I, concentrated or not, this is an offense that runs plays. So your stat about how many plays they ran, whatever That's it was. That's the most important stat there is this whole. It's, it's important, but it's not an isolated incident. Oh. Even with different offensive coordinators, over the past three or four years, this offense has run a shitload of plays. I want all the pieces one of the guys that I think is going to benefit from um, Hurst taking Hooper's spot, maybe some of those targets, is Russell Gage, who I think he's a deep, deep draft, maybe even don't draft him option uh, if you're looking you see you have a small, We talk about your small penis, but why are you always going so deep? Dude, I've, I've got long piano finger, piano player finger. That's why I'm going deep. Can I do mine next? Thanks. I mean, I'm in charge, so I do whatever the fuck I want, but am I in charge? I, we don't know. Is it still my show? It's my yard. We don't know that either anymore. The offense that Show's I love. still around. That's what we know. The offense that I love and that I desperately want a piece of, and, and to be honest with you, I don't even care which fucking piece. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Let's talk. So, Bullfrog, you had some hate last year for Kyler going in in this R- A- A- Cardinals offense in general last season. Let me give you some stats from last season. So, they were in the middle of the pack in a lot of. Uh, statistical categories. I expected a lot of plays. They were actually right in the middle. I think 18 or so in plays run. Um, yards per play right in the middle of the pack. Middle of the plat pack in points um, scored as a team. They were top 10 in turnover percentage, which is not a good thing. Uh, they were top 10 in scoring percentage, which is a good thing. 
you might think if if you're if you're reflecting on last year, you might think the Cardinals had a hard time scoring in the red zone. But despite running less plays than a lot of people, they scored on a higher percentage than most of the teams in the league on their their total um, dr- number of drives. Right, they were top two in rushing yards per carry last season. We talked about David Johnson being a top five back before he got hurt. Kenyon Drake was a goddamn stud when he came in. Look, their fantasy finishes last year when they were in the middle of the pack in all these really important stats like plays run, yards per play, points scored. Kyler Murray finished quarterback seven. Higher than everyone expected him to be. Not me. I had him at six. But let's be be fair. Everyone said that he would... Yes, he'd struggle. 15's realistic. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake, who came in later in the season, finished running back 16. He was a running back four in weeks nine through 17 as an Arizona Cardinal. Okay. Despite all those... Uh, shortcomings in those team statistical categories. That's little, okay, that, that, that stat's a little fucked up because he, he does go off a little bit in one of those couple of those games. And then well, he disappears four, four out of the eight games, he was a fucking stud. Four out of the eight games, He's he was outside dud. the top 20. Dud. Um, that's true. But let's keep going. Two wide receivers, and this is this was the worst position for this team last year. Two wide receivers mm-hmm. inside the top 40, 37 Terrible. and 40, which is not fantastic. But again, it was at best an average offense based on team statistics, just to put it out there because it's fun. Their kicker was kicker number four. Um, all that, and, and, and not only was the offense average, but they were bottom two in time of possession. They were bottom two in defensive yards given up. They were bottom two in defensive plays run. Their defense was on the field a shitload. Tell me why that will change. And that's because the defense was bad. Here's why that's going to change. They spent this offseason investing heavily on the defensive side. In the draft at the 108, obviously, they draft Isaiah Simmons, who is a difference maker on the defense Look at that fucking athleticism. He's going to play wherever they want him to play. It's they did to find it. on the field in, in Clemson. Just. They drafted two defensive tackles. They drafted two linebackers. In free agency, they brought in another starting inside linebacker. They brought in an edge rusher that has started 32 of the last 34 games um, in, in his career. They, they brought in another D tackle uh, that has started 36 of the last 36 games in his career. They spent a lot of money improving this defensive front um they are going they 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 spent money trying to get off the field and get their offense back on the field that's extraordinarily important if their time of possession goes up all those averages those average plays average yards per play all that stuff can come up a little bit points can come up a little bit then you look at the offense just in general right it's year two um, with a, with a new coach new quarterback so kyler's in his year two we have a running back that's been on this team so you say Kenyon Drake struggled in some of his games, but let's remember, he started as an Arizona Cardinal after being on the team for six days, okay? Six days. Now he's got an entire offseason. That helps, like, as a running back, as anybody, it helps Kenyon to know. Drake, okay, but here's another argument against this. Kenyon Drake's been in the NFL for a while. It's not, it's not, he's, he's yes, but he like, played under Adam Gase for how I don't, long? He doesn't, he, he started, I mean, he's been in the NFL for a while. Couldn't, it, couldn't differentiate there either. In so he played he played eight games as a Cardinal. In two of those games, he was a top two running back. In four of those games, he was a top six running back. And two of those games so, outside, he was a top twenty. So, so can you stop there for a second? I mean, like, let's be fair, fair on this. If we play with, with Drake on top ten, we play with Drake on maybe, maybe. I mean, to me, like Drake's easily top fifteen. 
easily top fifteen, right? So that's where, a, that's where, a peak. Like, where, where's the ceiling, maybe? Kenyon Drake's ceiling yeah. is it, well. I mean, if he can, if this offense gets better, um, Seven, and he can eight? he can bring any consistency, maybe yeah, five? I'm flirting six. Yeah, I, I don't see top six as at a all. ceiling, at brother. All. Ceiling. Look, Kyler's more comfortable. Kenyon Drake is more comfortable. Um, look at that defense. The other thing I want to point out is the defensive side of the ball. Vance Joseph comes in to coordinate. Is this a sneak, this a sneak peek to the future episodes? It is, yes. Vance Joseph, Joseph comes in last season, actually. It's not really. As a defensive coordinator, historically, and he's been a couple of places, his first season as a D.C., not great. Uh, but, for example, between years 2014-2015, the Bengals, which was one of the, the last team he was defensive coordinator for, went from 26th in the league in yards given up and points given up on average to 11th in the league in year two. This is year two with Arizona. I expect the defense to get better. I expect the offensive pieces to get more comfortable. And here's the big one, which I waited to mention. I don't know why. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> is now an Arizona Cardinal. I don't care who you are as quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins means your offense scores more points, gains more yards. Your quarterback finishes better because I can be less accurate and have a higher completion percentage with somebody like DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Uh, yeah. I, I, I freaking love I freaking love everything that this team's done offensively, defensively. I think the whole team is ready for an uptick. I think they're gonna win a lot more games this season, score a lot more points, be on the field offensively more, and that's gonna translate to value in fantasy football. Like crazy value. I mean, you're going to have guys finish high, but there are going to be weeks where Arizona Cardinals offensive players dominate all positions in fantasy football, and I want that. Yeah, I agree with you. I, there's two big stats here that jump out at me. The two wide receivers inside the top 40, 37-40. That's terrible. That's not great. Awful. And, and, and we're talking about one of those is a is a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Fitzy, right? But the problem is, is he just he's, he's, he's older, he's past his prime. The other one's Christian Kirk, who had three touchdowns last year, and three of them were in one game. Yes, they were. Um, but what Hopkins, we talked about the same thing with Julio Jones. What Hopkins does is Hopkins is going to draw double coverage every time and make and make the rest of these guys better around him because of that. Um, it, it opens up the field for Fitzy. And honestly, Kirk's not a bad receiver, but, but Kirk's not good enough to where he could be a number one. But we have other options too, right? Andy Isabella didn't get much play last mm-hmm. season. Hakeem Butler drafted relatively high last season. Didn't yeah. get on the. He was hurt before the pre uh, fucking training camp was over. Like there are more options on that wide receiver core. I, th- I, I want to say they brought in. It brings a whole different element. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. Bullfrog, you got something to Any say? Any thoughts? Yeah, I got a few things. I mean, I like the Arizona offense, and I'm not going to hate on all of these calls here. Uh, I'll be drafting God, some of these you guys. You never would and you never will. But, 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 there's, <laughs> but there's a few things. Uh, the one is just a stupid stat, but uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray led the NFL in unforced sacks. You know who was? Realistic. He had 23 that. that he caused. Let me ask you this not question. The, not the defense. Do you re- he caused 23 of his 48 sacks. Do you, do you know who led that stat the season prior in 2018? Because I do. Yeah. It was Deshaun Watson. Was he? Oh, were go. people shy away well, from I'm him? Not, I'm just saying that was a. Yeah, that doesn't impact your fantasy. I'm just saying that. Yeah. That was a funny stat. Uh, if their defense gets to a point where they do become much better. I know their offense is a certain type that doesn't just rely on the garbage time chucking because they run a high-paced offense, but does it impact them at all if they're winning games compared to losing games? Well, they were average in points, right in the middle of the pack in points this year. It's not like they're going to score a lot less points, run a lot less plays. They just couldn't get on the field. Okay. 
I, I think I agree with you for the most part. There might have been a few games where they scored some junk time stuff, but for the most part, I think I agree with you. That was a half-hearted. The, the only thing that concerns me here, I, I, I mean, realistically, you're, you're, all your information is good. I'm just not, I'm not convinced that Ryan Gosling's that good of a coach. <laughs> that he, but, that but, he's not, like, we, that, yeah, he's going to throw the ball all the time, and he's okay with that, and maybe he, he, he will always put his defense on the field. That that's the only thing concerns me here. Maybe. I let mean, me let me ask it. you this. Let me ask you this question, guys. Spe- just just speaking of value. So you talked Bullfrog uh, on the Atlanta side a lot about the uh, draft position on these guys. Depending on where you look in ADP, Kyler Murray's going anywhere between quarterback 4 and 5. You fucking with him there? Like do you think yes. to to me he's cl- there's a t- the top 4 guys are a tier 1 for me and I think I think Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler and Dak are all all have an equal shot of finishing one at the quarterback position. So I don't have a problem drafting him for. Well, let's be another thing that's interesting here is I hear a lot from a fantasy standpoint of most there, there's a lot of fantasy leagues that are flirty. Like the whole idea of super flex, like three years, four years ago, was, was yeah. pretty new. Five years ago was new. It's all happening now. It's Everyone. happening. Everyone's doing it. So to me, the whole idea of why would you not? Why, why would if he's in the that four or five? That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be the guy that takes him there, but he could definitely... Says the asshole that always drafts two quarterbacks, number one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a fucking super flex. Last year coming into the season, everybody was <laughs> on board that Arizona offensive line was one of the worst in the NFL. PFF rated them as 22 last year. So they were better than expected. They made All they did to change it was draft a third-round O-lineman. So will they have some cohesion? Yeah, because they're returning all five starters. That's what makes but a difference. But that's going to be... Yeah, but all those guys are graded pretty low, like pretty shit low grades. So that's going to be key to their offensive potential. Can we that s- line come together and improve and jump into the top 15? I believe we saw, if I remember no. correctly, two years ago, the Packers offensive line, every player on that line was rated outside the top like 50 at their at, at, on, on the offensive line. But they had been the same offensive line for right. two or three years, no, that, it, and they were yeah. – Insanely, I mean, they well, were fucking what, top it's five. To pay attention Cohesion to, yeah. makes oh, yeah. a goddamn difference. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's gonna be interesting. With, do you like yeah. any offenses? Should we? Should I'm gonna we keep mine simple, or? a little more straightforward because of these two numbuses just continue do. to Fuck. talk. I'm gonna go with the the Broncos, folks. I like the Broncos a lot. They added Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, and Graham Glasgow. The tight or the tackle out of the the shitty Detroit. I mean, mm. good God! But he's still a pretty decent player. They did lose Connor Montgomery, I believe. That's a huge center. loss, baby. That's a big loss. Young kid, too. Center. Ouch. 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 This, here's what I like, folks. Vic commits to the run. He has good defense. You know what he does. He's pretty fair. Last year, he was top 15 in rushing attempts. To me, that's important because I'll talk about it pretty soon here with what that does to Melvin Gordon. Again, sneak peek here. Shermer arrives as the offensive coordinator. When he arrives somewhere in Philly in 2013-2014, points rankings were in the top 10, number 9 and number 8. Rushing attempts, number four, number seven in Minnesota in 2016-2017. When he goes there, he goes 15-5 and five in point rankings. And rushing attempts, 25-2. and two. So 25 is an outlier to me. But that means he's going to commit to the run. Vic's going to commit to the run. Melvin Gordon, who they signed, will commit to the run. And they, Melvin Gordon will be a top 10 running back. Easy. Bullfrog, you want to make that double dip bet? I know you hate... Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I'll make that bet. So, hang on. What are you betting? Uh, top, 10. top 10. Yay! So, we're taking... Wait, you're... I don't like... I love Melvin Gordon that? this year. I love Melvin Gordon this year. I think I actually... I, I, I just ranked him. Let me you see where I put You don't want on that him. one, Wes? You don't think he's going to be top 10? 
I just I, I made this. I ranked him eight. I just ranked him eight. Yeah. I'm not done with my running back rankings, but I have him eight right now. I love Melvin Gordon. So is is it is it fair to say that we both take take him at top ten running back? Absolutely. Yes. Here's the only thing that I would also go along with this is I don't think that Lindsay's a lost cause here. I really don't. I think the, I think they have the ability to both be productive. Yeah. Lindsay's not going to be great. He's just going to be productive. How much of that is? Wiz, the fantasy analyst, and how much of that is Wiz, the dynasty Philip Lindsay owner? Hey, we'll get to this. Okay. We'll get to that a little bit. Okay. Um, so, in nine of 12 years that, that Shermer's been there, okay, as his offensive coordinator head coach, his passing attempts have been 13 or higher. This right thing is a really interesting stat here. Because of the fact that I, I naturally assume they're just going to run the ball all the time, but nine of those 12 years, 75% of the time, he has passing attempts is in the top half of the league. Six times he was number nine or higher, folks. Mm. This tells me that Drew Locke is going to be a good option. Again, in five games, he had seven TDs. Not great, but decent. Phantom merge at 6.6 targets per game. And he only started 11 games, folks. Yeah. Big, big back half. Top 10 tight ends only at the top 10 top. The number 10 here averaged 5.83 targets per game. Okay. That's what's interesting is Fant is realistically going to be a top 10 tight end as well. Sutton was a top 20 wide receiver in 2019. That's not going to be repeated. There's not, never going to fucking happen. But I think there's a lot of options. There's good opportunity here. It's good offense. There's too much to buy into that tells me I, I, I would stay away from it, I guess is where I'm coming from. Here's the reason. So, so I like all these offenses. All these offenses were good choices, and I think for different reasons. But the reason I love your pick is because there's nobody on this offense that's being overdrafted in, in mm-hmm. fantasy right Corlin now. Corlin Sutton is currently 309. You're an idiot for drafting him that high. 309. That's terrible. That's Cor- ridiculously Look, bad. May, may, even in rookie drafts, I'm seeing Jerry Judy go later than he should go mm-hmm. because I think he's going to be a goddamn stud. Maybe Cortland Sutton, but the immediate reaction that I saw when I was doing drafts after the NFL draft was Cortland Sutton was falling a lot more than that. Maybe he's recovering a little bit from his initial. Realist, he's going to fall. There's, I can't see he stays that high. Right. But the, I, I, I love the value on all these guys. The big question has got to be, can Drew Locke no, do it? No, he can't. He That's cannot the produce that many receiving fantasy options. It's not going to happen. He doesn't. I don't care if they jump from 27th in pass attempts to 15, which I don't think they will, because why would you throw that on Drew Locke? He started how many games? Five. Five NFL games, and you're going to throw them into being the top ten in pass attempts? You're, oh, uh, you're a joke. I mean, you, I mean, you pay you're millions and millions of dollars. He might, so. he might be, but I'm not saying that he's going to be great. I'm just saying that you're talking about guys that are going to be fantasy relevant and offenses that you're going to buy into. Offensive pieces that you want to buy, there's there's really all the names I just listed, whether it's Sutton, Judy, Gordon, even Lindsey, or fucking the, the best one here in terms of value is fans. I mean, I like there's those. not any of those guys I don't want. I guess is my point. I like those guys, but I just don't think there's enough volume to go around to make any of them startable on a week to week basis. Uh, Melvin mm, Gordon like surely will advance. Start that Auburn wide receiver too, and he's going to get two catches. And I, he's going to say, "Well, Drew what Lock in a in a in a superflex league, absolutely is." Well, we're not really talking about Look, that. Look, if of the time. we if, if we if we expect something like let's say let's say there's a meager 28 pass attempts per game. For Drew Locke, which is a small amount. Yes. I think that's enough to put, you know, eight, nine, eight targets to both Judy and Sutton. Um, that puts you at 16. If you go another f- four or five to Melvin Gordon, which is likely to happen, um, that 
puts you at 24, whatever it is. That leaves six targets a game for Fant, and I think that's enough for all of them to be productive. Hamler, Lindsay? No, see, uh, I'm, Hamler, not, I'm not. Hamler's touching, not going to be relevant. I'm not at touching a Hamler. Four percent accuracy. I'm not touching In Hamler. Games, I'm not touching you, are Lindsay. You belligerent right now. I like well, it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna toot his horn at five games, and you got to be able to say he sucks at five games. He has competition with Joe have... Flacco. Flacco sucks. Exactly. His he couldn't get on, he couldn't, to, he couldn't get on the Flacco. field until Flacco got hurt. But, but anyway, I like Drew Lock. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've never been a Melvin Gordon truther. You guys are. Yeah, we know that. What's the, Lindsay, what's, what's the opposite not, of a truther? They're not just going to leave Lindsay on the sideline. Yes, he's they are. too good. No, he's not. He's pro- Here's the difference for you. Look, look, look. Melvin Gordon to run the ball. Four out of five years under four yards a carry. And yet, four out of five years, he's top, top 12 10 fucking running back. Wow, that's, that's Look, look, look. Rush. You say, you <laughs> yeah. say they're... Do you want to make that bet? You, you four say, out of five years a top ten running back? You look at look. In what years? You want to make that bet? You say, cool. you say they're not going to leave Philip Lindsay on the sideline, but the fact is, for two thirds of the season last season, Royce Freeman was getting more per game than Philip Lindsay was, and that's Royce fucking Freeman, who Royce they're Freeman? ready, who they're ready to Royce get Freeman? rid of. Talking right about now. Royce Freeman and Melvin Gordon. Yes, Philip Lindsay is going to be left on the goddamn sidelines. Melvin Gordon is. Us stud. So you asked me a question because we do own Philip Lindsay. Yes, I'm aware. And, and Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I mean that, that. that's not very advantageous. But I guess I would tell you is I'm not sure it's awful. I, I in a dynasty league here, I'm not buying in, into Melvin Gordon. I told you before, I, if it was me, I tried to sell him. We tried. Um, Nobody. I wanted. think I think he has one year. I think it's a good year. Again, I, I just yeah, made do a you know bet how top old, ten running back. Do you know how old he is? Yeah, 27. It's 27. Yeah. Like he's 27. He's not like an old, washed-up fucking Hey, do you remember man. what age I told you that running backs produce most points? 28 is their peak. He's no, not no. there yet. What, 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 what year they produce most points? Fantasy you, points. You said 28. No, it's 24. They produce uh, most points at 24. They decline at 27, 28. Correct. Yes. I don't know about all of that. Yeah, baby. Hey, let's switch the script here. We've got to talk about offenses we don't like. Maybe we can try to move Condense the second and half of this Jesus. show along a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go last here because I think mine is the most interesting you guys are both what talking about the same fucking offense because there's apparently only only a handful of maybe let's, two let's, offenses let's, you don't let's like. Let's this a little bit, Froggy. Um, I'll it. start with first one who they add. You kind of jump in here as you see fit. But here, here's who we, we both dislike the Jets. Here's who they added. They added Denzel. Hey, Mims. hey, hey! Hot take there. Tag team. Hot take on the Jets being a bad offense. Credit yeah. to you guys for making bold. such a stance. Bold, bold pick, very right brutal. Um, Denzel Mims, okay, but he, the problem I have with Denzel Mims, he not he lacks the ability to create separation. Brashard Perriman, they did add uh, Mackay Becton, the offensive tackle. Connor McGovern, we just talked about. Greg Van Roden, a guard. George Fanta, loaded with on tackles. David Fales, you know where he, where he came from? Anyone? That's anyone? the Bears. Quarterback, judged by the Bears. You know how many times they drop good quarterbacks? Very rare. Although, and you know what, you know what although, other shitbag they added? Let me talk about the Bears quarterbacks for a while because the all-time leader in touchdown rate, percentage of touchdowns per pass attempt in a season was a Chicago Bears quarterback, quarterback. Who was it? It was Sid Luckman oh, in Sid the Luckman. 20s. Sorry. 13 and a half percent, by the way. Do you know what other shitbag they drafted? Yeah, I do. Mitchell goddamn Trubisky. La Michael P. Wright. Oh, the Jets. I thought you were talking about the Bears. Never mind. Let's go ahead. I like me some Michael Peter. I know you do. Like Here's the losses, lot. folks. Robbie Anderson left to go to Carolina. Love you, Bell, folks. He's one year older. Now he's 28. 
Uh, just to keep this in mind, 2019, three rushing TDs. He had a total of four. 2019, he had 1,250 yards and 66 receptions. That's not terrible. They also added the ageless Frank Gore at age 37 and Joe Flacco. Added. Those are added. Suck ass. Impressive. Yeah, they added them. I, I said let's as losses because how shitty those guys are. Um, Perriman's a downgrade if you want to compare him to Robbie Anderson. Again, Froggy, feel free to jump in here. I'm just going to keep talking unless you tell me to stop. Um, he was drafted in 2016. For three and a half years, he was nowhere to be found. Could, he didn't fucking exist, folks. He was off the fucking radar. In 2019, he has, between weeks 13 and 17, he has 506 yards. He had 65 targets. He had not one drop. I think that's good for him. Adam Gase, what about Adam Gase at all, folks? Every year since 2015, his QB, DVOA, right? Adjusted average has been negative. He has to go all the way back to Jake Cutler when it was somewhat positive. Sam Darnold was negative 20.4. His QBR was 43.6, number 27. Um, His ranking points per game in those four seasons has been, with Miami, he had three seasons. Ranking points per game. Again, points per game. 24, 29, and 30. With the Jets, 25. His rushing TDs per game during those stats with the Jets in Miami was 31, 30, 31. His past TDs in the last three years, 15, 17, 27. There's nothing that jumps off the charts that sits there and says buy into this offense. Can I I pause this whole thing for a second? In 2019, Apex Football did a study, Mm -hmm. okay? They looked at every running back since the, the Super Bowl era began to find where the peak age of performance was, all right? Of all the running backs since that time, yes, 24 years old is the age at which running backs peak. 30% of all running backs in that time had their best year at 24 years old, okay? My fingers are hot. 29% of running backs had their best year at 25 years old. And 28% of running backs... That's two percent off the top. 26. Had their peak age, peak peak year at age twenty-seven. That's how old Melvin Gordon is, by the way. Ain't you? So Ain't you're saying you. there's a chance? I am. You're Ain't saying you. there's a chance? Yes. All right, Brian, where do you want to jump in there? It might be end up running back two. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to offensive line. You know, with a crappy team like the Jets last year, PFF had them at twenty-eight. Football guys is projecting them at 31st for this upcoming season with three new starters. Le'Veon Bell's the type of running back that needs a stud offensive line. You guys have talked shit about Le'Veon Bell for years. He was great for the Steelers because their offensive line was one of the best in the NFL. Fantastic. And that's what made him good. And he showed last year that maybe it's age or offensive line or a combination of the two, but... Yes, he might still get you some volume, but he's not going to break off big plays. I think he, he's usually one of the worst in the leagues at big runs. I don't have that exact stat, but I know it is true. Uh, you know, receiver-wise, the only reason they ever had weeks that you could start any of these players is because they played against shitty teams. That was it. Their big weeks where guys were fantasy startable, which is true for a lot of crappy teams, were against the Giants in Week 10. The Redskins in Week 11, the Raiders in Week 12, and the Dolphins in Week 14. Great defenses. Those were four weeks where the Jets had some startable pieces. I will not draft guys that will be startable for four weeks of the season. It's not worth it. I probably won't own a Jet on any fantasy team this season unless 
It's the black unicorn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you bring up some good points. Is, is, is that... Yeah, could you plug one of these guys in for a couple weeks and make them fantasy relevant? Yes. You can't draft these guys. Darnold, maybe, but but I'm not sure who you could draft. Right. Well, could you pick up and plug and play against a shitty team? Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's an injury to it, so some opportunity or volume is increased for uh, Denzel Mims later in the season when he's a little more comfortable, or, or Mims goes out, or Crowder gets a little more love one, se- one week, but I'll, Look, I'm going to be staying away. Like, so, prime example to me is looking at rookie drafts that I've participated in since the NFL draft. Denzel Mims is one of these guys that people fucking love, and he's I just don't. Stud. I just don't. Not on a good team. I just don't the get it. The problem is he's going to take so long to develop. His, he's not going to be good right away. Yeah, his absolute ceiling is maybe next year he is Robbie Anderson. To yeah, me. Well, like that's not will great. Be a better player than Robbie Anderson all around, but in, in eventually, year four? eventually. Yeah, eventually. eventually. The only, the only, to your point, the only jet that I'm willing to draft anywhere is in rookie drafts for Michael P. Ryan because I think two, three years <laughs> down the line, hey, make that bet. dude's a stud. Did we already make that bet? What's the bet in three years when Michael P. Ryan's going to be a stud? How about, that, to make how about that bet, the, there was that one game where he finishes above top 20 running back? This season? No, yeah. but next season. How about top 25? We have decided. Top 25? How high do you want? I mean, how No, because he's not going to get any fucking play with Bell on the team. Bell gets hurt. We want to take that back. I'd love Bell to get hurt, but that doesn't happen either because Bell doesn't fucking get hit. No, yeah. He sits out. Um, look, I'm not going to make that bet. We we have we decided. I think we set a precedent on this show that we don't make bets that take longer than a year. No, we did. To take we bet a suicide bet once. We did. No, we, that's the only one that we fucking made. <laughs> yeah. so a, cu- a couple more things on the Jets just to kind of drag them through the mud here. Is that uh... <laughs> we made a suicide bet? <laughs> Were you here for that? No, I don't want to hear about We it. made the bet was so <laughs> Jordan Reed, who's had like fourteen Ooh, concussions I in the NFL. Did hear about it. Yes, I, I do bet that he that. would kill himself within three years. And I said no. CTE makes people pull That's the terrible. trigger. Three years. He's like thirty. He's like. 29. Is it crazy that we want to make a bet about somebody killing themselves? Maybe. Disgusting. But that's how we it's fucking disgusting. get down on your on this football show. fantasy. Anyway, the Jets average .7 rushing yards before contact per attempt. That's the lowest in the NFL, and that's a great stat for Le'Veon Bell because well, he loves to get .7 okay, yards Okay, Mr. Research, yeah. do you know what his average was as a Pittsburgh Steeler? Probably like 2.3. I'll tell you what, if you had never lost, left the show, you'd know that. What is it? <laughs> I don't have any idea, but I oh. guess it's probably at least a yard. Oh, I bet it's more than a I'm yard. I'm just saying you're the research guy. I'm going to take a shot to the fact that Frank you're here, bro. Thanks, guys. I think it's a good shot your kids. It wasn't easy. It almost went south right, right before I came over here. I'll tell you the truth, but I... Hey, hey, listeners. Put my foot down and I came over. Listeners, listeners. One bit of advice for you. Mary Smart. <clears throat> Oh, that was much harder. <laughs> I didn't say that. You guys done with your Jets talk? Yep. Yeah. Clearly the Jets are a shit team. I'm going to hit you with an offense that I don't want any parts of, but they're not a shit team. There's a handful of reasons that I don't want any parts. I wrote these notes several days ago, and I haven't looked at them yet, so this should be interesting. I'm a little drunk. Here's the offense that I don't want to fucking touch on any of my fantasy teams this year. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so I'll get the obvious bits out of the way early. Yes, Lamar Jackson is a fabulous asset to any fantasy team. If you can have him on your team, that's a lot more points 
than any other quarterback. But you know my stance on quarterbacks. I don't like to take them early. Right now, in super flex leagues, Lamar Jackson is going as a, as a 104, and that's just too rich for me. Like, I don't well, want... You say that, but, but why is it too rich for you? Like, to me, it's... Because, well... Mahomes is the only guy that compares to him. Not just... Not, not compares to him. Mahomes is... I, I expect a dip in production for Lamar Jackson. Last year, Lamar Jackson had a 9% touchdown rate, ties Aaron Rodgers' 2011 season. Sure, top, fi- top 15 yeah. of all time. Don't regress, I agree. That goes down... Yeah. Um, how many fucking rushing rushing yards and rushing touchdowns did he have? Well, this team went out and drafted J.K. Dobbins really fucking early in the draft. My not, expect not my expectation. Jackson, well, well, look, I, re- I I respect John Harbaugh as a coach. Yeah. And what I think John Harbaugh is sitting in his offense all offseason thinking is this: I think he's thinking Lamar Jackson can help us win games for a long time, as long as I don't get him killed running the ball. I expect, in my projections, I have Lamar Jackson taking a dip in rushing attempts by quite a few. I have him going 300 less rushing yards because I think the coach is smart enough to say, well, let him run. We'll design yeah, runs for him. Run the ball, I can't, he's not good enough throwing the he's ball. Going, I, I think I have him at 800 rushing yards. It's not like it's, a, it's, okay, it's still nothing. Pretty damn good. It's not like it's nothing. But I expect Lamar Jackson to take a pretty serious dip in fantasy. I have him as my th- quarterback three in fantasy points. This season, Dak jumped him just because I love what's happening in Dallas right now. But uh, it's it's too rich for my blood at the 104. Like, I wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes, my one, at the 104. That's just too goddamn high for me. Um, you can replace quarterback value. I th- You know how I feel about quarterbacks. So I'm not touching him. He's a great player, great fantasy asset, not touching him. The only other guy on this team that I think is a fantastic asset is Mark Andrews. Agreed. Um, and, and Mark Andrews is going to be the tight end three this season. It's going to take a catastrophic something for him not to be the tight end three this season. Last year, he was the tight end three, and and he or maybe four, and there were three other fucking tight ends that got a shitload of work on this team. Well, they got rid of Hayden Hurst, who was the most, ath- most athletic out of all those other guys. Um, so, so I think his volume goes up a little bit. I think he's going to be just fine. But he's going in the third round, and I don't love a tight even in a tight end premium. I don't want to take a tight end in the third round. In our in our, okay. I know in our mock draft that was well, the last week. We just did a mock draft, okay? We did a mock draft, and I, I think I it was, was a three coming back. You right in front of you went Travis Kelsey, and I and I yes, and I, and I took uh, what's his nuts? Kittle. I took George Kittle, and and I think I think George Kittle is going to finish way higher than Mark Andrews this year. To be honest, I think it's going to be a twenty thirty point but, split. But here's my question, though. But I wouldn't do it in a real draft. It was a mock draft. Oh, you think value is? But or is value in four? If I can get him in five, I'd love it. I'd tickle with it in the middle end of fourth, maybe. But I like to build my team with running backs at the top, maybe get one stud receiver. So so my top three are out of the question. And then who's going to be a value at four is where I so look at as we, four. as we build this mock draft lead, which we're going to do, which I'm in charge of, which is kind of fucked up. I'm in charge of anything. You've got to be in charge of something. something you don't do yes. anything. Um, but... I mean, there's a lot on the line on this. Either you're you you are drafting teams that you don't like because you didn't draft straight running backs like I did, and you're either talking on your ass now, or you're yeah. talk, or you're just fucking in your mock draft. You're talking on your ass. A little bit of both. Huh. All right. I like so to talk out of my how ass. About in a, how about in a non PPR league? Is is Mark Andrews tight end? Comes up two? in a non PPR league. No, uh, I wouldn't put him at two. What, I think it's. Yeah, well, because two. touchdowns become much more of a premium. He, had t- he scored no 10 touchdowns last year. 
My, so your Ertz drops off a little bit. So like Kittle's gonna drop off too. a little bit. Yeah, Ke- Kelsey and Ertz. How about if he doesn't if he doesn't climb higher than three? How about his value? Is it now a third round? No. No. In a non PPR, I'm not touching him in third because my my because philosophy building a team there. is yeah. I want to have two backs and a wide receiver after three. Right. So like those top three rounds for me are are sacrosanct. Like I'm not touching those in most leagues it has to be an outrageous scoring system scoring rule system or a mock draft for me to consider <laughs> doing that so so for me it's just too high like i'd love to have lamar jackson or mark Andrews on my team they are the pieces of this offense worth having to me and i'll and i'll point to it in a minute they're the only two pieces that i want on my team to be honest they're just too rich for me right so if i'm looking at offenses that i don't want a piece of i'm not touching them at their price Otherwise, let's look at let's look at the the rest of this offense, right? At the running back position, we have Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins drafted real high last year. Where was he? Second round? Where was he? Third? Early third? Dobbins? Dobbins. Second? Second. Second round. Oh, um, yeah. Gus Edwards had a hundred carries last year. Does anybody realize that oh, Gus yeah. Edwards has had a hundred fucking carries last year? Then you got Lamar Jackson's 120-whatever-it-was-carries on the ground last year. I think it comes down a little bit. The loser in that really is Ingram. It's, it, it's not Edwards as much. It's Ingram. The pro- my problem is this. It's a volume vacuum for uh-huh. all of these guys, right? I, I, I did do my projections as far as running, uh, rushing carries for this team this year, and I, I couldn't give Mark Ingram more than 175 carries. 125 for Dobbins. I had to give... Gus Edwards 60 and 140 for Jackson like that's not enough carries for me for any of these guys where they're going in drafts it's it, it it's just an issue of volume vacuum too many goddamn backs and J.K. Dobbins is what he is like I have my concerns about him as a player a football player yes but he demands work especially his draft stock demands work. He's, he's going gonna, to get the, he's gonna get the value. He's going to touch the ball. The yeah. reason Mark Ingram finished so well last year, he didn't get a ton of touches, but his red zone work, his touchdown work on this team saved him, right? Eight touchdowns from inside the five. Ah, third, Zeke and Cook had nine. Third, third best in the NFL because he was next best behind those two guys. And those two guys had an insanely high carry count or or rushing percentage on their team count, whereas Mark Ingram was barely over 50% just because of what Lamar Jackson and what Gus Edwards did last year. J.K. Dobbins coming in hurts that. And look, Jake, you know what J.K. Dobbins is likely to be really good at? Goal line work. Yeah. Not a huge well, back, but a really... Doesn't J.K. Dobbins kind of replicate Mark Ingram? He, yes, I think, I think so, yes. I think he might be a little bit faster... Um, but, but, but both guys are really version. similar guys, which is probably why they drafted him, because 100%. they liked what he was doing there. Mark Ingram, is it, he's still fucking on the team through 2020, through 2021. Like, it's not like he's going anywhere. But I have a hard time buying into either one of these guys. Look, Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson combined for 11 more carries inside the five. They had the most carries as a team inside the five. The team had 28 carries inside the five-yard line. That's what it was. That's Mark Ingram had 15 carries inside the five, fourth most in the NFL, 53% of those carries, which means that the team ran the ball inside the five so much more than any team in the NFL. I think the next best was 21 carries inside the five. Touchdowns are, are a stat that just don't carry over year to year. 
Goal line carries are a stat that don't carry over year to year historically in football. I'm concerned about all. I don't want anything to do with any of these running backs just because it's impossible to guess. Now, if I'm in a dynasty league, do I look at J.K. Dobbins? Yes, because eventually Mark Ingram's gone. If he's not 30 this year, he's 29 and will be 30 soon. I don't know, but I'm concerned about all of them. Let's Let's look at the wide receiver room. Okay, we got Marcus Goodwin. We got uh Miles Boykin this year drafted onto the team. Devin Duver is it Devin? I think it's Devin. Duvernay or something. Duvernay. Duvernay. Willie Sneed's still there. They drafted James Prochet, which was the nation's leading receiver last season. But 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 if you can stop here. There's a lot of love for Hollywood Brown. That's a mis- that's a mistake. I'm not sure it is. That's a mistake. Where, where's, La- the, where's the where, where's the price at? Let me we tell you. This value all the time. Bullfrog, look up the ADP. While you do that, last season Marquise Brown led this team in wide receiver targets. He led the team in targets. Yeah, uh, it was just wide receiver because I think other positions got more. He only had 71 targets. Yeah, low. You're he low. led the team. At 71 targets. Hey. Team hey, lead. Hey, Do you know where that was in the NFL? Take t- yeah, probably 20, 30. It was 82nd most targets in the league. That's the kind of passing volume that this not, team not has. Not very good. Not very good. But, but let's stop here. Who's their offense coordinator? It's Roman. Uh, Greg, Greg Roman. Greg Roman. Who all he does is run the ball. We talked about this last shit year. out of the ball. All he does is run the ball. But I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. I don't like Boykin. I don't like Juvenet. I don't like Sneed. I, you don't like Prochet? Hollywood Brown's bad value right now. He's getting drafted as wide receiver 31 in the sixth round above guys like yeah. Juju, Devontae oh Parker. God. Terrible Kirk, value. Julian Edelman, Mike Williams, Look, all those guys. Uh, ter- uh, no, hand, hand. You, you are right. Yeah. Terrible value. But I, I, this, is, this is the argument I would make. is if, if, if he does fall in your draft, there's an argument to be made. I would take Hollywood Brown as my third wide receiver. I would you not. You have some good floor guys because he's going to go five weeks yeah. of huge games. No, no, no. He scored you. Nothing. M- Hollywood yeah. Brown scored a lot of touchdowns early in the season we, last year, but that, di- yeah, that died Miami, quickly. He had like three or something look, or two. Look, I, so I don't have the total passing numbers here. I should probably have them, but Hollywood Brown led the team, like I said, 71 targets, 82nd best in the league. The next wide receiver on the team was Willie Sneed, and he only had, as the two on the team, Terrible. 46 targets, wow. 144 tight ends or no? in the league. Tight, I, I want to say the tight ends had more than okay. 71. This is this is a wide receiver position, but that's fucking guard. And the, yeah. so, so yeah. I, yeah, I agree with this. This argument's correct. You, you are right on yeah, this. You, and, and then you take, look, you take these two guys, Hollywood, Boykin, Boykin and, and even Sneed, even yeah. and Boykin did some work late in the season. But Sneed and Sneed, and you add two drafted right. wide receivers, not free agent, undrafted free agent pickups, not even free agent depth pickups. They spent draft picks on Devin Duvernay, and I want to say he went in the fourth round. Anybody fourth round? Yeah. And James Prochet, the league, the 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 nation's leading receiver last year. This this is a this but, is but, you want to talk about a vacuum okay. of opportunity. Me, Come on, Devil's Advocate here says it says this round. is you might be right about Mark, Mark Andrews is too high in the third round, and it's same with Hollywood Brown in the fourth round. But there's an argument you made. You're talking about number one at the position. If it's me, and these guys are around in the fourth fifth round, there's an argument you made. These guys might be worth drafting. I wouldn't touch Hollywood Brown unless he's a 
fifth or sixth receiver on my team. Yeah. No way, no thank you. Because not seventy one six you're an idiot. For seventy that. one four, targets. Maybe is four. Shit. You guys are idiots. Definitely not a star. God no. I wouldn't even want him in my I wouldn't spot. flex Hollywood Brown. You absolutely would. You you would flex. Here, did you hear? Did you hear where Devin Duvernay, Duvernay went? I don't give a shit third, where they where drafted where him Devin in the third Duvernay round. Went. You third, third round draft pick. Doesn't matter. He's not the st- Hollywood Brown's the most talented wide receiver on this team. You agree with that? Yes. Yes. Thank you. He's the number one wide receiver. You agree with that? He was talented. Most talented wide receiver. Most talented. There is wide no receiver number one wide receiver on this team. That's kind of the point, though. They don't throw the ball enough to make That's, anybody that, worth it. That is the problem. Except right. the tight ends. And he threw to so many fucking tight ends. So Mark Andrews would be worth owning if he didn't it's cost a third bad. round. It's just, he's not a good quarterback. He's, what do we not, always he's not a good quarterback. What's most important? Volume, baby. Volume, volume and, and opportunity. And this volume is a volume vacuum for the running backs I, and receivers. I'm not, you're right on that. But, but okay, let's, let, like, if we go back to our mock draft, right? Like, if, if, my, if my top wide receiver might be Cooper Cup, and I'm backing it up with, with J.J. Schuster... And my next one is Hyla Brown. That's not that bad. I'd struggle. I, I don't care with Look, that. if there are guys like Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. going after him in drafts, God no. I agree with you. Fuck no. Fair enough. Fair enough statement. No, I'm not bad because you you went RB heavy. So yeah. with what you said, I Hollywood's mean, barely starting. If you're Hollywood, like if you're a second flex, yes, if you're Hollywood great. Brown is your wide receiver three, and you're drafting him in the ninth round, right. eighth round, okay, maybe, right. maybe. So, so your whole argument here is that he's not like you've got to be realistic. What he's going to produce? There is no player in the NFL that is undraft worthy. It always depends on value. Yeah, yeah. always. Unless unless you're a Jet. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a Jet that's not named Chris Herndon. (laughs) I agree. I mean, I agree with you that it's based on value. I'm just saying that Hollywood Brown makes an argument to me that he's worth drafting. I would, although I would reach on guys, unproven guys. On teams that I that throw the ball a lot more than I would on a guy that I saw for what six games score a bunch of touchdowns one f- week one yeah, Marquise Miami Brown week one. the reason Marquise Brown is going as high as he is now is because week one last yep. season one Marquise Brown wasn't healthy going into in a season one I'm not okay I there, there's a lot of reasons yeah, why yeah, I don't like Hollywood Brown he's an idiot I kind of kind of I think he's an idiot I, I hate Lamar Jackson isn't that Antonio Brown's cousin yes yes yeah I think Lamar Jack Lamar Jackson's a bad quarterback there's a lot of reasons not to like Hollywood Brown I agree with you guys on that. Um, what, I, what did you say is ADP? What round wise? Six, six. No, fuck no. Well, but, but again, if he's your second or third wide receiver, God no, not second, no way in hell. Fifth. Do you know how many number two wide receivers there are right now to draft? A hundred, hundreds of them. Yes, I think that the Hollywood Brown ceiling's high enough. High enough. It could be worth it. Mm-hmm. Never. I'm a never. His floor is zero. His ceiling's through his the roof. His floor is zero. I wouldn't say through the roof. I'd say his ceiling is eighty yards and two touchdowns. Which, yeah. is, which in any given week in the NFL these 10. days is top ten. Is top ten, maybe yes. And here's the, here's the argument you made against that: is there's forty fucking receivers that are doing that year out. Why would you not? Because I the, agree with you. Don't draft him in rounds. I mean, that, because like, he's the, not worth round six. Because the, statistically, the Q two. For this guy is at like four fantasy points. You say his low end is really low and his high end is really high, but the second quartile for this guy 
Like the fucking box on a box and whisker starts fair at enough, fucking no, four that's, points. I, like that's, that's not gonna happen for me. I agree with you on that. I don't want that. I, either do I. But the point is, is that do you, our listeners know how to do a box and whisker plot? No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying, people, is that his any average week is gonna be real low, even though he might have a high. Uh, ceiling at one given week. You know, both of you are proud of me. Say it. I love it. I love that. Yeah, math teacher. Can I pee back here? You can pee back there. Let me just put my mask on before you walk past, you sick son of a bitch. I'm not going to walk past it. I'm just going to pee on the You're going to pee in the garden? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You're peeing on the goddamn peppers right now. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Maybe that's the carrots. I don't know. She doesn't label it. No extra flavor. Fuck's Woo! sake. Yo, that's oh, a lot that enough that it'll make it. Right for your carrots. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta wide urethra, bro. What happens when you have a big one? else you gotta wide up? Uh, no. Okay. Nutsack? Nope. You got a huge sack of balls? No, my nuts, nutsack's pretty normal. The rest of your package, though. That's what my wife tells me. Widely uh, abnormal. Yeah, but what kind, what's her experience level? Like, I don't, I don't take a girl at her word unless I know her experience. If she's seen four cocks and she says yours is huge, that doesn't mean a lot to me. <laughs> now, if she's like a 50 or 60 gal, <laughs> you laugh, but like, that's not crazy. Mine just, I don't know. My wife just says mine's pretty. <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's cute. I'm sure it's cute is what she means to say. Uh, Guys, before we leave... Just because he's back, I want to hear from Bullfrog, what is our lesson of the well, day? Now, wait, 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 wait. Is he back? What does no, that no. mean? Well, he's back what does to, that mean? He's back today. In case you missed it, here's the lesson of the week. Hey, you do have a baby. With a new flavor. For the listeners. I do have a Bullfrog's baby. baby's pretty cool. I like Bullfrog's shot, baby. For already. Two problems. Two problems about Bullfrog's baby that I need to bring up yep. on air. One. He's an asshole like you. Bullfrog's baby's name is spelled incorrectly because her parents are idiots. Two. You're an idiot. Two. Okay, fair enough. Second problem about Bullfrog's baby. She doesn't have any eyebrows, and it's creepy as fuck. She does not have any yet. You don't have any fucking hair. You're creepy as fuck. Yeah, I got a little bit. Shredder? I'd let you touch it, but coronavirus. Go ahead. Well, on that note, Mr. Dewey's Nuts... What's Mr. your lesson? Big Wiz, yep. what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational fantasy football thought. Everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast is now dumber for having listened. Kudos, kudos, kudos to you for an original thought, sir. Hey, thanks for coming, guys. It's been a backyard episode for the ages. Bullfrog was here, which was a lot of fun. He's got 12 minutes before he has to leave, so we're going to hang out. You don't get to join us for the off-air stuff. When you start paying us for this show, we'll let you hear what we say after I hit this button. Fuck off. Love you lots. We'll talk in two weeks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.